Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Any questions I ask myself. Table fam, how are we feeling tonight? Hey, if I have not had a chance to meet you, my name is Isaac. I'm the pastor here at the table, and we are in a message series called Help. And I need a, um, Jarian did a fantastic job, and our team did a fantastic job leading us. But what he said is we're going to get to hear from Pastor Isaac tonight, which is partially true. Because as you can see behind me, we're getting set up here. Uh, we're actually going to get to hear, I'm going to be sitting here in this brown chair. Um, and really what's happening tonight is we're going to have three incredibly special guests. They're going to sit here on this orange couch uh, and be able to talk about their experience. And we're going to get to hear their stories. And this is going to be a live, um, unrehearsed, um, unscripted, just live podcast. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, just being able to, and I think it's going to go incredibly well just getting to hear from them around their stories about what it means like as they've experienced in their own lives like receiving help. Um, but uh, to kick off the series, so we talked about help and what is the series about. Um, this series is about we all, you know, we're young adults in the room. Some of us are in college. Some of us are young professionals. Um, we're 18 to early 30s, you know, all of kind of the wide spectrum here in this room. And regardless of where we are, whatever you're bringing in here, um, at either today or at some point in your life, you've experienced having unmet needs right? And with these unmet needs, right, for some of these, these are just like, man, I just need some good friends, and I've experienced that before, but I'm not really experiencing that right now. Or for some, it's a stable career path. You know, maybe you thought you had a stable career path, but now no longer. You may be kind of like in between things. You're trying to figure stuff out. For some of us, you know, we're very just like, oh, we're just like, what is the meaning of life, right? And we just start asking that a lot. Like, hey, what's the meaning of life? Like, what's my meaning? What's my purpose? Why am I here? And for some, it's incredibly simple. As we said this last week, we're just trying to pay rent. Uh, today's the 28th. You got three days. Some 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 apartment complexes uh, have like a like a five day window. Uh, so you're trying to make that happen. So wherever. So tonight we're actually we're talking more about that. Um, and the way that we define help was the help comes from God ultimately as a source of help. And like we talked about this last week. You can check it out on Spotify or on SoundCloud or on Apple Podcasts. Um, help is protection, guidance, and provision. So whenever we're saying, hey, we have these unmet needs, God's coming in and he's giving us these protection, guidance, and provision. And here's the big idea um, that we learned last week is that uh, we want help and we depend and participate in God's help, that God's the source of true help for us, so we can depend and participate in God's help. So tonight, if you're worried about paying rent, tonight's your night, because tonight we're talking about God meeting our physical needs. So to set us up, I'm actually going to take a seat here, and we're going to read this passage together that's going to set up, and after we read the passage, then I'm going to invite our friends up um, to come up. So here, it'll be Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, your apps, it'll be on the screen. It's Matthew chapter 6, and here's what it says. Um, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. So Jesus is talking, and he's just giving a message, right? So Jesus is telling his people, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the birds. Don't they plant or harvest or store food in barns? For your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries um, add a single moment to your life? Verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Don't they work or make their clothing? Verse 29, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God so wonderfully 
If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And wrapping this up. So don't worry about these things. Saying, you know, some of us, we have these questions. We're, trying, we're asking, hey, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Right? We're asking, am I going to be provided for? And he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God, and above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So here's the passage that's kind of setting us up in the series, that's setting us up as we're in this help series. But y'all, uh, with no further ado, I'd love to introduce our very three special guests. Some of you know them well, some of you don't. But please um, let me introduce uh, Brent Nelson and Jarian and Shauna Felton. So give it up. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all, y'all see this? Y'all see this? Y'all, he cares for his wife? That's incredible. Good job, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's look how she turns it around. <laughs> oh, hi. How are you guys? Hello. Hi. What's up, table family? What's up, y'all? Yeah. Hey, so, uh, so Britt, some of us know Britt well. She's part of our staff team. Um, so, Britt, we'll start off with you. Um, and before we kind of, just to set up the passage, um, what takes up most of your time? And Oh, that's and, a good question. As well as, um, what's your favorite thing to do? Okay. And is what takes up most of your time your favorite thing to do? We'll start there. That's like seven it's questions. Seven I'll, I'll try classic, to answer. Classic. We'll just start with the first one. Classic yeah, okay. questions. Cool. So my name is Britt. If we have not had the chance of meeting, I'm a, like Isaac said, I'm on staff here and help run groups and yeah. young professional groups. Um, okay. What takes up most of my time? So I work here. Obviously, that takes up a lot of time. Um, for those who don't know, I also own my own small business, which I don't know if I've ever said that on stage before. Oh. Ever. There in like go. seven years. So I've owned my own small business yeah. for about six years now. I'm an artist. Um, I'm a painter. I also sell like Christian apparel. And that world, t I would say, takes up the majority oh, yeah. of my time. Yeah. I think small business, if you've been in a family with small business, it just takes up an absurd amount of time. So that's what I spend my time thinking about. Is that the thing I enjoy the most? <laughs> it is not the thing I enjoy the most. Um, I love it, but I would say something fun that I like to do, I love interior design. Mm. I really do, and I love like redoing furniture and home projects with Mike. If those of you who know my husband Mike, he's a woodworker. What so. inspires you as a, an interior designer? Oh my gosh. What inspires me? These are all questions, just so you know. None of us know the questions that are being asked, so I this is all on the spot. We, said? we said live. We said unscripted. <laughs> First of all, I definitely wouldn't call myself an interior designer. Yeah. I just love looking. I would say, like, beauty. This is going to sound very corny, but it's true. Like, beauty and everyday things. Yeah. I think I also really love thrifting and, like, antiquing and old things. Mm. So my dream would be to own, like, a... Old, very old 1800s house with like creaky wood floors. That's like Ooh. my internal dream. Yeah, there One you go. Day. And Britt, you know, you have a water right here that's ready for Look you. At this there you go. Just, just take care of everything. I'll give it up for Shauna Felton. Come on. Shauna, you know, do you have, if you wanted a water, it is right here. The straw is unopened, the water is untapped with, so you should be good there. Um, we'll go, Shauna, what takes up most of your time? My children. Mm. I have three precious children. Um, one is our gift. Yep. Um, because she took us by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we were done, and yeah. So my three children—they take up. What all are your What are your children interested in? Hmm, my oldest is eleven. She is a theater 
geek, if mm. you will. Thespian. Amen. Thespian, yeah. yes. yes. My son, he is seven. Believe it or not, y'all, he is an amazing drummer. I mean, like, probably can outplay his dad almost. Mm. Kirk, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then my youngest, she's one. She's just going to rule the world, so. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I would agree you, with that. Um, along with your children, and maybe that, but like, what do you enjoy doing? Um, maybe when you're w with your kids or maybe when you're not with your kids? Okay, so this may help some of you. I went to um, a counselor a long time ago, some years back, and I realized I didn't have a hobby. Hmm. Um, I had nothing that I poured myself into. Um, as I am getting older, I do realize my love of music um, mm -hmm. is probably my hobby. That's what I yeah, love yeah. to do. Very cool. Uh, what uh, inspires you as a singer, as a musician? Like Britt said, it's going to sound real cheesy, but it's, it's true. My relationship with the Lord, mm. I mean, it is. I'm serious. I promise. I'm serious. I'm serious. Can, I think this is a safe place. I think we can talk about our relationship. I'm really serious. Um, as we, you know, my story, it just, because of my story, my relationship with the Lord is everything to me. Yeah. So that's what inspires me. Cool. Awesome. Jarian, what's yeah. up, man? Can I clear, can I clear my, my, my conscience real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I said the word H-E double hockey sticks, it was in context, okay? I, I don't want them walking around going okay. kind of like, okay, okay. all right, all right, sorry. I was just in my head, I'm like, Darian, can like, we, hold on, give it up for Darian. Yeah. <laughs> Let your, your, your. All right, so your, I'm good. Your, your, conscience is, your conscience is clear. Okay. Uh, it was not an um, unoffensive word. It was a theological concept. Thank so you, If you yes. have offense with that, we can talk, talk to me about that later. Thank Purely, you. You're, All right. you are good, Yeah, brother. don't get me yeah. in trouble with him. Isaac, you're yeah, trying to get is, you in trouble. Yes, yeah, good. like I want to come back. I'll explain back. the concept of okay. hell. And yeah. I, love uh, yeah. I feel great now. All right, now <laughs> yeah. you can go, Isaac. That was like waiting on me. Yeah. No, what, uh, what occupies your time? Um, definitely, I'm with, I'm with my wife. Definitely uh, between the kids. But then um, people and songwriting. That's mm. right. Yep. I write lots of songs, and they span the board. So everything from Christian. You can find them on Spotify. <laughs> a little promotion. Is it Jarian Felton? Is that your Spotify name? Yes, Jarian. Jarian. J-A-R-I-A-N. J-A-R-I-A-N. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, don't, what don't, inspires you as a songwriter? Um, context. So, like, different scenarios playing out. I, I like I like the idea of being able to tell a story in a short period of time. Mm. So that's all I'm always I'm constantly looking for that moment. Like I could write a song about this. Really? Oh how, yeah. How would you start? Um probably start off with saying, let's see, what time is it? Anybody know the time? Yeah, I know. That's all the <laughs> seven fifty. Um feeling real cool in the air. It's feeling drifty. Happy to be at the table at about seven fifty. Come on. You know, something like that, like light sitting low. What? You know, light sitting low. When I open my mouth, I'm you, happy to be you interviewed by Isaac on the couch. Bars, I don't right? know. Like, anyway, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah. bars. Like, so it's still bars to yeah, some degree, yeah. but it's it's just bars to melody. Okay. But yeah, so any anything that I can find. Yeah. Um, which is honestly, and I'm not trying to say this to be deep or churchy, but that is why the Bible is like my number one mm. source because it's it's all his story. Like, I don't have to search for a story to tell. I can go in there and whether I'm going to Psalms or whether I'm going to Matthew, like I get the full gamut of life in yeah. there. Ecclesiastes, all of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 
I love what um, Shauna was saying about her, like just spending time with kids. And um, so my uh, my wife just is three months pregnant. Our daughter's here in the room, uh, three months on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but imagine if we had a time machine, y'all. Okay. If we had a time machine and we go back in time and we're looking at ourselves whenever we're about y'all's kids' age, mm. kind of eight, nine, 10, 11. Mm. Okay, so what what are we experiencing and what are we experiencing in light of, like, are we being provided for? Do we feel like we're being provided for? And are we, do our needs being met or our needs not being met? But what's, what are we, like, where did we grow up? Um, what are we experiencing when we're kind of there at that age? Well, John, we'll just start with you, man. Okay, yeah, so I, I, when I look back on that age, if we were poor, I didn't know it, mm. if I'll be honest. And it was, like, mama did, I mean, single, single, uh, single parent, yeah. mama raised three of us. And I just remember living in everywhere. Matter of fact, growing up, I never said I live here. I always said I stay. Yeah. Some people say, oh, well, where, where are you from? I used to be like, oh, well, I stay. And I remember somebody corrected me on that once. It was like, no, 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 where do you live? Like, you keep saying stay. And I said, well, it's because I bounce around a lot. Yeah. So Richmond Heights is where I grew up. But no, man, between my grandparents, it really does take a village to raise, to, uh, uh, raise a child. And I, I, I can see personally how God provided for me through not just monetary gain, but yeah. through the presence of family, like a so lot of family. At that time in your life, what relationships were significant to you? Um, that time? The relationship with my granddad was mm. significant because dad wasn't there. So granddad would come home and do crazy stuff like he'd pull out his wallet and right before it's time for us to leave and get in the car and go home because we've been over at his house all day, mama been working jobs, we'd get in the car, he'd take a $100 bill, real talk, put it on the windshield while we backing out. And then wow. we tell my mama, stop the car. We jump out the car, and before we can get to it, he pull it off the windshield, put it back in his pocket. <laughs> so it was that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, he, 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 he was just a jolly, playful, mm. chill kind of guy, which is where I feel like I got my outlook on life from. Yeah. So, yeah, granddad yeah. all day. I wear his chain around my neck, y'all. Yeah. What was his name? Jewel. Jewel. Not J-E-W-E-L, let's yeah. be clear. That's very girly. But anybody, any guy in here named Jewel, I apologize. But... <laughs> J-U-L-E. So Jewel. Yeah. yeah, man. Cool. That's my guy. Shauna, what about you? So if I look at nine, my mom, I grew up in a single, fam <clears throat> single parent home. Um, my mom, too, my mom was very educated, master's degree, had a great job. When it was just she and I, we were fine. All needs were met. My grandparents, as my husband would refer to them, they oh, were like yeah. the Huxtables. They are. They're the Cosby's, y'all. So they got we were good. Um, but my mom got married when I was nine to my sister's dad. And she, uh, uh, she blowing by that, y'all. Her sister's dad was a background singer, like legit, for Marvin Gaye. Come on. No, no, like straight up, like in you Montreal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with that, because yep. of that, I agree. she did not know he was also a drug user. Yep. Mm. Not dealer, yep. but user. Mm -hmm. So at 10, in, in those primary years, um, we moved a lot because he would sell our car because he had to go get his drugs. Um, we lived out of our car for a sh short period of time. He would be in and out of rehabs. Um, yeah, it was, Christmas would come, my mom would buy all these gifts Christmas morning, they're gone, because they've been sold. Um, so it was very traumatizing. Mm. 
but I'm not traumatized. Sure. Wow. Yeah. You well, know? that's what Brett, sorry, we're going to be in a second. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. so what is, so knowing just like how, how you grew up and like the, um, the, um, the relationships that you had and like the parenting kind of like initially, initially or like in a single period and now y'all are clearly together and y'all have kids. Like how is that, how is that shaped now? Like how you view parenting and how you view like your children and wanting the, the best life for them, I would imagine. Good question. Yeah. You want to start with that? Um, I think... The, the, and the reason I mention this is because I think for so many of us, so many of us relate to kind of what just already what's been shared, and that's why for so many of us, uh, you can rewrite the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And whatever, whatever the blessing and the the, the brokenness yeah. that we, whatever's in y'all's story, right? Because there was still a lot of beauty in your childhood, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But there was also some brokenness there too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like God being able to come in and to redeem and knowing that clearly your kids are experiencing a very different childhood than what you're than what you experienced, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So like with that mindset of God being able, Jesus being able to come in and redeem and to heal and then to provide, um, change the story, change the script a little bit and take what was good, but also be, allow Jesus to come in and heal. Like, what has that been like for you as you think through your kids? Right. Um, I think for me, like growing up, um, because my mom was married to him, we, I used to have to sleep with a bag packed mm. under the bed because you just never know when you had to get out of there because he was abusive to my mom, not me. Um, but I look at my kids and I almost think we have gone all the way to the other end yeah, of yeah, the pendulum. Yeah, we, we swung that pendulum. Because they don't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they're beautiful children, they're sweet children, but. They don't do nothing unless you ask them. To. Yeah, and even when you ask them, they huff and puff. And I'm like, well, I go to work, not you, you mm -hmm. know? Like, uphill both ways yeah, in the so snow. Yeah, all yeah, that yeah. to Orlando. say, I've. I took my childhood and I made sure they didn't have to go through that mm. almost to a fault. Mm. That's for me. Sure, sure. No, that's good. And she ain't lying, y'all. When I say she like, she be snapping sometimes and then she be the main one that's, don't be too hard on them. It's like, well, you just looked at them and said, you're going to make the Tangelo come out of me. And I can't <laughs> bark at them. Anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah, my wife hit the nail on the head. Like, I think we have been trying to find the balance because what we have also noticed from us experiencing the lack thereof is the appreciation that came out of it. Yeah. Mm. So like, so then when we do have little moments where we're riding, um, like I like to try to take care of our car as much as I can. Yeah. Not, not the car I ride in, but the car that we as a family ride yeah. in. Why? Because we didn't have a screen in our car when I was growing up. Like you, like we, we were hoping that the darn thing started. You know what I'm saying? It sure. was that kind of story. It's even so bad that our kids um, they do go to private school, and one day I was talking to Chloe, and she says, well, doesn't everybody pay to go to school? I'm like, oh, we Lord, got a problem. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it does. It influences how we parent, for sure, but it also, for me personally, it does. Um, I try to make sure that I have moments with my kids that I did not have mm. with my pops. Sure. And we're, we're getting there now, me and sure. my dad, but I try to make sure that when Carter and I, Sir Carter and I are hanging, just as guys, man, we hanging as guys. What Just you want? Recently baby? baptized Carter. Recently baptized Come on, Carter. Yeah, Sunday yeah, yeah. Morning, Come yeah, yeah. On. That was Sunday, y'all. That yeah. was that was awesome. But the same thing with my daughters. You yeah. know, I try to make sure that my oldest knows, girl, you're beautiful. I love that mm. chocolate skin. Don't you ever let nobody tell you different. Or my little one, when she walk up to me with her hands held up, I'm realizing I never did that to my dad. Mm. Like that just never happened. So I try to make sure that I pick her up and just, and sometimes I wait more than what Shauna likes. Like, she'll be like, just pick her up already. It's like, no, I got to save her the moment. Yeah. <laughs> She's reaching, you know, I want to. It's I wanna. taunting. Yeah. 
so I, you know, it's good. But she, yeah. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, cool. right, when it come to Brit, so Brit, you grew up in eight, eight, nine, ten-year-old Brit. You're yes. in Ohio. I am in Ohio. So what's going on in Ohio? So it's weird that you ask about that age because I feel like that age and then like sophomore year of high school were the two ages that really shaped me as a person, eight to 10 and then like sophomore in high school. Um, At this point, I'm living in Hamilton, Ohio. Probably no one knows where that is. Um, What is Hamilton, Ohio known for? One person. What's Hamilton, Ohio known for? Um, Hamilton, Ohio is the heroin capital of the world. Heroin capital of the world. Um, Did you say heroin? Heroin, yes. Wow. Um, and so I, I think I relate with Jarian in terms of I don't think I knew that we were poor because mm. everyone around me was poor. Like I didn't, I feel like everyone I talk to now is like, oh yeah, in high school or elementary school, I had like one rich friend or one family that was really wealthy that would take me in or that you knew about. And I just had no wealthy friends. Everyone in my town was really poor. Um, mm. And there wasn't like a rich side of town and a poor side of town. It was just all at most middle class. Um, and I didn't, I don't think I knew one person that owned a home. Mm. Like everyone was renting um, just because of moving a lot and yeah, all of that. Yeah. I think around that age, so um, my mom divorces my dad um, after not abuse, but a lot of like cheating and manipulation and all of that. We moved to Ohio from Alabama where I was born. And about, about that age, I'd say like seven, eight, my mom meets a man um, who is now my stepdad. They've been together for 24, 25 years. Um, but he was a severe alcoholic. Um, we suspect that he's been abusive to my mom, never abusive to me, very similar to what Shauna said. Um, and so I moved in with my grandparents. And similar to Jarian, I mean, my grandma is like the funny person that just saved me like so silly so funny in the midst of so much chaos um we were on social security checks and food stamps Mm. and but I didn't know until going to college like how poor we were because it really was even further than paycheck to paycheck we were in debt constantly asking for loans from people um but I was just unaware I think when I was a kid um Dad was out of my life. Dad was a drug dealer, drug user. Every time I would visit him in Alabama, I actually remember being like eight, nine years old and going on drug runs to do heroin with my dad. Just like dealing drugs, selling drugs in really, really, really unsafe situations. I think that's why now, like if you know me personally, my number one thing is safety. I think it's just this core trauma of just like, going on drug runs with a father that, you know, is meant to protect you. Um, And so that's kind of eight, nine, ten-year-old Brit. I'm just a little bit of a brat and, like, just would act out a lot. Um, I wouldn't say I was a great kid, Um, had trouble paying attention in school. So Um, is is church, is that something that you were involved in, young as a kid? So um, my entire family still is not saved. I'm the only person in my family. I grew up in a very, we honestly, like Mike and I now, because Mike has an outside perspective coming in. So Mike is your husband. Mike is my husband. Um, He has an outside perspective coming in. And when we visit Hamilton, he's like, Britt, this really is like a third world country. Like Mm. I did not know one Christian growing up Mm. in my entire high school, in public school, which was a huge public school. I did not know one Christian family. Sure. It just wasn't, it wasn't a part. And then I get saved at 16, which like I said, was another 
huge age for me, but... Um, Jarin, is a church, is that something that you did growing up? Is that part of the story? Yeah, so, yeah, my mom and her sisters had a singing group, mm. and they actually had a singing group with my dad back in the day, like, and I got photos, they all got mm. the afros yeah. and the bell bottoms and the bass Come and all on. that kind of stuff, but they were never married, so my mom raised me in church, and at the age of seven, needed a drummer for her and her sisters to rehearse. And my uncle Bobby, who was their keyboard player, said hop on the drums. So music was the thing that kept me mm. in church. Other than that, you know, I was kind of like, I'm not really for it up until, it's kind of similar to Brit, up until, you know, I kind of got a little bit older, like middle school age. But yeah, I grew, I grew up in church sleeping on the back pew. Sure. <laughs> Shauna, what about you? Is church something, is that part of your story growing up? Yeah, um, my mom, she was very educated and right before I was born, actually, um, she was nine months pregnant. Someone introduced her to Christ, and that's all I've ever known. So I did grow up in wow. church very much. Was it yeah. Auntie Joan? Is that who it was? No. Oh, okay. Aunt Myrtle. Oh, oh Myrtle. Myrtle. <laughs> Jeez. They so, don't name kids that no more, do they? Somebody Myrtle. out there might be Myrtle. I'm so sorry. I'm bad with names tonight, bro. Like, I'm just letting it all fly. My fault, Isaac. <laughs> so eventually, um, eventually, Britt, you do come to know Jesus later in your high school years. Yep. And, um, and then, we, you know, we grew up in church, and eventually you start reading the Bible. Like, at, at some point in your life, yeah. I start reading. And I'm sure, like, the passage that we read today, it's not, pro I would assume, it's not the first time that we've heard that passage. Maybe for some of us, it is the first time that we're seeing this passage. For some of us, if you grew up in church or spent a lot of time, probably not the first time that you've heard the passage that we read. But in the passage that we read where Jesus is saying, hey, look, um, I'm, you don't need to worry about tomorrow because I'm, look, look at the grass. I'm going to close the grass, right? Look at the lilies. I'm going to close the lilies. Look at, look at everything around you. I'm going to care for that. And how, these things that aren't, aren't even humans, look how I'm caring for these things that aren't humans. Like how much more am I going to care for you and going to provide for you? Um, so what, just thinking through that passage and thinking through like your life and then going on from childhood to navigating through, um, you know, starting adulthood, you know, 18, 19, 20, navigating 20s. Um, like what has, what has that passage meant to you where Jesus is saying that? Come on, I'll start with, uh, Jarin, I'll start with you. Um, that passage means a great deal to me, especially in hindsight. I mean, I see it, I trust in it more now than I, than I, I, I imagine I ever did, but um, even as I look back through my storyline, I can see where having a mother um, who was full of faith, I know that she would have clung to this kind of passage. Like, because my mom was the type of woman that um, if you told her that something couldn't be done, she knew by God's power and strength she was going to do it. Like, she just never kind of went, well, I will, I will. She always just said, Jay, I'm going to leave it in God's hands, and I'm going to... No, he always it. has a ram in the bush. Yeah, he always yeah, that's a, he always has a ram in the bush. That's right. You listen to my mama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool points. Um, so yeah, that that passage means a good deal to me. Matter of fact, one of the hymns that I personally really like is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Mm. And the reason why I like it is because of one lyric that says, All I have needed thy hand has provided. Mm. Like that to me registers when I look at me being a young African-American male mm. who grew up without a father, yet who still has his head on somewhat straight yeah. and still, uh, <laughs> <laughs> still loves his wife, even though I didn't see how a man treated my mother, yeah. even, you know, still knows how to interact with his kids, even though my dad didn't interact with me. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Like, I look at it, and again, it goes back to what I was saying about 
even like my granddad, that I couldn't have planned that. I would like the fact that God looked at it and said, you're going to need a male role model. I got somebody. I know daddy ain't around, but I got somebody that's going to be present for you. He's going to be just it's going to be just right for you. That was God providing, man. You know what I'm saying? So that passage stands out to me in that regard. Sean, I think you through through your experience. um, What has this passage meant to you? Um, I think it would be looking back, um, knowing that my mom's husband was um, addicted to drugs. My uncles were addicted to drugs, her brothers. And I never had a desire. I never, it wasn't a thing. Like he truly loved me enough more, like the song says, or the scripture, he clothes all the flowers and the grass. How much more does he love me? He loved me so much that even in the midst of all of that, he saved me. Yeah, that's right. I was covered. Yeah. Sometimes, and I, just to piggyback off that, sometimes, I, and I agree with that, sugar. I can call you sugar on stage, right? Okay. <laughs> sometimes I feel like that it's not what we go through. It's what God keeps you from going through. That's right. You know, oftentimes we hear, oh, well, man, his testimony is so powerful because of all the crazy stuff he went through. Don't get it twisted. What about the stuff that you didn't go through that you should have gone through, but God did something that blocked it in some kind of way? Like, you dig what I'm saying? Uh, And that's like, thank you for sharing that. I think that's my story. And then part like why, yeah, part why I wanted to hear all different experiences because y'all, you know, if you come to the table regularly, like you hear my experience a lot. And I feel like a lot in my story and how I grew up, it was a lot of God's provision was a lot of just protection to where like I got, you know, I got to my college years and like, I haven't really experienced much. Right. And then, and then thinking through like, oh man, and now like I'm un- in a sense, I'm unrelatable. And also in a, the lie that I believed was like, man, I haven't um, received God's grace because I feel like I've earned it myself. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've positioned myself in order to do things. And the reality is like, I'm just like incredibly sinful and incredibly deserving of needing of God's grace in my own life. And, and then I've seen moments where God's like, not in a mean way, but like more of like, just like in a, okay, Isaac, that's what you think. And a teachable moment for me to shape my own character. Like, okay, let's, let's have you experience a few things here and there. Right. That's good. Yes, so sir. then even, so then that's where like my heart goes out to people and how like the, the character shaping moments in people's life, like that have been, been there and like, and seeing like where they are now. And then I look at other people's story and I'm like, man, like I like, that's where I want to be. And I'm, but then it's like, but did you know what they had to go through? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and God providing for them through that, like the shaped character in order to get to where they are now. That's like, good. I just think, yeah. I just think and to incredible. piggyback off of that really quick yeah. before we get to you, Britt, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, although I, all that was going on around me, I was very sheltered. Mm, yeah. Like you couldn't tell me those things were going on, you oh, know, yeah. but because of that, I felt, well, I've always gone to church. I've never done anything wrong. You know, I, I was more on the opposite end. Mm. And then one day I was in church and I remember the scripture, you know, where it's filthy rags. And I just could not get the concept that I was as a filthy rag. I was like, I am not. I serve the Lord. I am not yeah. as a filthy rag. Yeah. And one day we were in Bible study one Wednesday. Got myself a church girl. <laughs> we were in Bible study one night, and the pastor was praying, and he was speaking about that particular scripture. And the Lord himself, I just felt his presence. And I literally felt something lift off of me. 
and I realized I was as a filthy rat. It, it took a personal yeah. experience yeah. with the Lord. I didn't have to go through anything. Yeah, yeah the Holy yeah. Spirit came on down and said, let me show you, girl. <laughs> you filthy. <laughs> well, for, for, dirty, for, dirty. <laughs> for me, it was like, yeah, those people need help, but I'm good. And yeah. then, like, getting to, like, essentially, like, being broken yeah. to a place of, like, no, no, no. Like, you, I, like, Isaac? I need, what's up? No. I know. <laughs> I know. Even Isaac Thomas Trevino, he sacked on my Trevino. Like, I need help. Let's please, go. Right? Look at the Let's full go. name. Right. All right. <laughs> um, Britt, like, what is, just thinking through the past, just thinking through God's provision in your own life, like, what does that look like? What have you experienced as you've gotten older and navigated yeah. through life? I think Jorian and Shauna said, Exactly what I was going to say. I think I look back more than, obviously I use this passage now in terms of like looking forward, but I think more than anything, I look back and see how I was never on the street Mm -hmm. and I always had a place to sleep and it wasn't luxurious and it wasn't nice, but it was what I needed. And I just see every instance of providing what I needed and not necessarily what I wanted because a lot of times what we want may not be what's best. Um, and as you're saying that, you know what I'm thinking? He won't. I can't sing. He won't fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the pocket of musical worship, y'all. That yeah, you stick with, yeah, you stick with you. Like, really, like, I think a lot of us, especially being ignorant in our 20s, like, we look at it and we're like, but I want this. Yeah. Or I want this. Or as children, hey, I want this. And I think you don't need that. Like, he's going to provide what is, what is um, faithful in his eyes and what we need. And I think... For me personally, I needed to go through all that trauma to be who I am. Um, Because I think if I wouldn't have gone through that trauma, I probably would be a completely different person right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be working in ministry. I probably wouldn't be in Christ. I probably wouldn't have a heart for people that are going through what I went through. I don't think I would be nearly the person that I am if I didn't go through that. And so now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed to go through that because now I meet with you guys um, and other young adults and they're like, hey, my dad's a drug addict. And I'm like, me too. Let's sit and talk about it. Like, that's really hard. This is what I learned on the back end. Now processing that through counseling and all those things. So I would say like looking back, he has always been faithful, but also what he's prevented me Mm -hmm. from. Like, even as bad as it was, I still look back and I'm like, man, there is no way that the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. Just for me, looking at my own story, I should not be here. I would probably be dead in a ditch or um, have a teen pregnancy or a prostitute or just the the town that I grew up in and the family I grew up in was so traumatic that I look at where I'm at and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like the fact that the Holy Spirit came into my heart and saved me, look at everything he prevented me from. And I look at even my friends from high school, my family, and they're just going through it. And Mm. I'm like, Lord, thank you so much that I'm no longer going through that. Mm. Um, yeah, that, and that here's would be the thing. Me. Even if you are going through that, yeah. he is here and he is available. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he will meet you right where you are. Just because he prevented some things for others and you had to go through it doesn't mean he loves you any less. That's well, right. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so, it's so, definitely for refining. Yeah, so I'll keep going. Sure. So what, what practical advice would you, so knowing that the, kind of the big idea for the series is like we should receive God's help and um, we need to depend on him. 
And along with that, we don't just like sit in a room and our butts and not do anything. Like we were like, ultimately, we know that God's help comes from him, but that we get to participate in, in, in this, right? So what does, so what advice would you give for us as we're navigating our 20s of like what practical advice would you give for some people? Well, for, yeah, what practical advice would you give for us? I would challenge all of us. I found in our generation, we are Speak it. victims. Mm. And we don't have to be. Mm. We wow. say, oh, well, this happened to me, and this happened to me. Oh, woe is me. There are a lot of people out there who are doing much worse. Now, does that not mean what you're going through is not valued? No. Because what you're going through... Yeah, it's real. It's real. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge that it's real. But I encourage you to take what is real and come to the table. Meet with people. Meet with people that are like-minded where you can share. Because you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live with guilt. You do not have to live as a victim. Mm. Our God is victorious. Mm. And there's no reason we shouldn't be. Mm. We are... We, are, we walk around like we're defeated Christians. Do y'all not know who we serve? That's right. Mm, cool. Come on. We better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Walking off. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Britt, what, just think, thinking through our people, thinking through, like, on that note, like, what, what advice would you give for, for those of us that are just navigating unmet needs, navigating just practical advice? Um, yeah, I would honestly, one, agree with Shauna. I think in myself and in meeting with a lot of you, I do see, and this is just like, if I can give you guys a little bit of challenge and truth, <laughs> um, we're victims, oh, I, myself included, um, a lot of times. And I think, um, I know a lot of you maybe don't have our story. Maybe you grew up more like Isaac. Maybe you grew up where everything was provided for you and it was okay. And um, I would encourage you to um, not judge other people that are going through maybe some, some resource issues that maybe you have not gone through. And I know it's really difficult from a back end to look and put yourself in someone else's shoes, and maybe you're not used to that. But I think um, in friendships, all of us are going through something completely different. And putting yourself in the shoe of the other person and saying, hey, they don't have a car. They might not have as much money as me. They may not have as much time as me because they're working 80 hours to pay rent. How can I in my um, privilege right now in this part of my life, how can I love on them and care for them and resource them and be friends with them even though we're not on the same path? So I would say for sure, like the victim mentality is real, putting yourself in shoes of other person. But I would also say there was a point, so I moved to Orlando, context, I moved to Orlando about eight years ago. And I was couch hopping, so I was interning here. That was my only job eight years ago, and I was getting paid minimum wage, 10, 10 hours a week, and that was my sole job because I just, I was 
it was so inconsistent, my schedule here with interning, that I couldn't get another job anywhere else. And I remember having, catching myself in this victim mentality. And I was couch hopping with families from the church living for free. I was making legitimately $300 a month <laughs> just interning here, like $150 every other week. And luckily, like, he didn't fail me and he provided places to stay when I needed it. But I remember having this victim mentality saying, like, woe is me. And then I almost kicked myself in the butt. And I was like, Britt, it's your job to use wisdom in your life to provide for yourself. Because you're no longer that poor girl Britt that was eight years old that didn't have any money. You're a grown woman. Grow up and get another job. <laughs> and I was like, it was really the Holy Spirit talking through me like, you need to grow up and stop being a victim and do it yourself. And that's when I started my business and tried to find other jobs around. But it really did. It didn't come from a place of me dreaming and being like, I would love to own my own small business. Wouldn't that be fun? It was like, oh, my gosh, I need money. <laughs> and I have to make it happen for myself. It goes back to the verse, faith without works cool. is dead. It's dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times with you guys and, and with, with myself included, I think faith can be over-spiritualized and resources can be over-spiritualized. And it's like, oh, well, the Lord's going to provide, but I'm not going to apply for these jobs. The Lord will provide, but I'm not going to go out of my way to, to work the night shift if I don't have a job. I'm, I don't want to work at Starbucks. I don't want to do this, but you have no money. Oh, well, the Lord will provide something better. And will he? We don't know. That's just the reality of the situation. We don't know if he's going to provide something better, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use wisdom in your life to um, provide for yourself and provide for your future planning and plan financially. Like, faith isn't an excuse for that, and I think that's something I see a lot in our generation. And I know we got to go, but we, you take that. What if that job that you don't want to have mm. is the job you need to meet the person that's right. to where you need to go? To piggyback off of what Britt said, if you want a visual of faith without works is dead, um, literally think of faith as the body and think of works as the breath. Without the breath, it's just, there's just this empty vessel yeah. there. Faith is literally the body and then works is is the breath that gives the body the ability to do what it is that it needs to do. So you want your faith to move, you got to put some breath in that body. And the way you put breath in that body is by getting off your blessed assurance, mm. right? Yeah. And, and going and doing something about it. So anyway, that wasn't my advice. My thing that I would say is to know the difference between mountains and molehills. Like that my wife and I constantly tell our kids that, not that y'all are kids, you know what I'm saying, like, but... We constantly tell them, is that a mountain or is that a molehill? Like, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> like, there are some things that are in our culture today, man, that we make mountains and God is going, yo, that's a molehill. Are you kidding me? It's the equivalent to Jesus looking at death. And we're thinking death is this mountain and Jesus is going, no, that's a molehill. I'll conquer that. No problem. And I mean, literally, when he obliterated death, as, he, as they say in the scriptures, I mean, he literally, it's like dropping an atomic bomb on an anthill. I mean, he blew that sucker away. Like that, that to me, knowing the difference is huge and has been huge in my life because it's also helped me not to be prideful. 
So there are times where if Shauna and I are having passionate conversation, because we don't argue, we just have passionate <laughs> conversation. Um, that's why every married couple says that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, we really don't argue. <laughs> we basically, I, I ask myself, is that, a, is that a mountain or is that a molehill? And it's like most of the time, man, you realize it's, it's a molehill. You scrolling up on that social media page, you getting lost in what everybody else is doing, that's a molehill, y'all. Yeah. And then that's where depression comes in, yep. anxiety comes in. Because all of a sudden you start comparing yourself and chasing the wind of look at what they're doing. Mm. And, I mean, the scripture's clear about that. It's you trying to catch the wind, man, it ain't going to ever happen. It's like smoke. It's like vapor. It looks like you can touch it, but you can't. So just knowing the difference between that two, and sometimes you might need to pray about that and just say, God, help me to see the mountains and help me to see the molehills and help me to know the difference between the two. I would say, too, sorry, we should go, but I would say, too, the thing that I thought earlier was, I think you guys have all heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Um, don't be the hurt person that hurts other people. Yeah. I think that's been a huge thing with our generation and just even in high schools, like Thank bullying. You. Like, if you're going through something, be the strong person, the grace-filled person that people later on can look back and be like, man, that girl, that guy, they went through hell <laughs> and still made it through. Yeah, yeah. I want to be like them. Don't be the person that's constantly gossiping, constantly hurting other people because yeah. you're going through it. I think on the flip side of my life, looking back, man, there were lots of times that I was going through it and I hurt a lot of people. Wow. And that's a regret that I have of like looking back in high school, college, even getting here. If you're going through it, like don't use that to gossip. Don't use that to get mad at other people or make things that are molehills, mountains on yeah. other people. Just be that rock for other people that they can look up to because God will get you through it. Like you'll get through it and it might take a long time and it might suck along the way, but like you're going to get there, um, but be that role model for other people. So when they go through it, they can be like, hey, two years ago, that girl, that guy, they went through something huge, and they handled it with so much grace. I need to go to them. Yeah. Don't be the person that hurts people just because you're yeah. hurting. Yeah. Can y'all give it up for our three special guests? Thank you so much, Britt. Thank you so much, Shauna. Thank you so much, Darian. Uh, man, and y'all, if you come to the table a lot, you hear a lot from me. I mean, I'm just so grateful that we get to hear from just three very different people with three different stories and um, get to hear that experience as well. But man, I know for some of us, it's our very first time here at the table, or for some of us, first time in a long time, and you're hearing all this, and you're processing all this, and you're like, yeah, but like, what does that mean? Because I think the, the common theme is eventually we've got some good people in our life. For sure. So like, hey, I'm here, I have needs. How do I get good people in my life to help me process, to help me navigate? And man, if that's you, we have a connection lounge there in the back that can help you process. Looking get, so good back there. Hey, hey. so get, that can help you there. As well as, I know for some of us, as you're even hearing this, um, it just resonated very deeply with you. And you, you're just thinking about some very specific needs that you have. And you're wondering like how this need is going to be met. And you're trying not to worry. Like, oh gosh, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm trying not to worry. But can I be honest? I'm a little worried right now. Uh, hey, well, we have a prayer team as well at the connection lounge. I would love to pray with you tonight. Night, um, as we learn to, to depend on God, but also like actively participate and get some good people in our life as well. And secondly, so how, what does it look like getting good people um, in our life? And I want all of us, as we think through the needs that we have, and perhaps one of the biggest needs that we have is relationships. 
and we don't have these relationships, right? Have you guys ever experienced this? Like, oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so what does it look like to help give relationships in our lives? So there's something that we call life groups, and life groups is where you get to experience, and what we hope you experience, the sense of belonging, and not just belonging with each other, but also can growth with each other. So um, I don't know if you know this, but we think of you kind of in two different groups here at the two different people groups at the table. Um, some of you we would consider college age, between the ages of 18 to 22-ish. Um, and some of you we would consider a young professional between the ages of 23 to 30-ish. And we have groups specifically for you. We have college age groups. Um, the college age groups actually kicked off this week and we had our first um, launch of a new group on Sunday. We have another group that's launching on Thursday. So if you're college age, you're looking for a group, you definitely want to go back to the Connection Lounge to sign up. Um, we also have groups for if you're 23 to 30, young professional groups that are kicking off. And tonight is the night that you can sign up for a young professional Amen. group. Come on. Yes, so no, we I'm so excited. Brits uh, helping lead our young professional groups along with Thomas. Yes. So if that if you're someone that's a young professional between the ages of 23 to 30, uh, we would love to connect with you back in the Connection Lounge where you can sign up and see all the group options there. Um, so we have uh, two mixed groups and one guys group. Um, we have two that are on this side of town. We have one group that's going to mixed group that's going to be meeting on the east side of town. So you're on the east side of town, and that's the group that option that works best for you. Um, we have that as well. And once the groups are full, um, then we're, we're going to close the groups. So you want to make sure that you're able to sign up before the groups get filled so you can actually have a group as you're navigating um, this next season of your life. And um, the last group um, that we have um, is on Sunday mornings at 1130. We have an open life group. So you don't have to sign up for that. You can just show up. But if you want information on where the room meets on Sunday mornings at 1130, um, you can go back to the Connection Lounge. Uh, the last thing that we want to highlight tonight um, is uh, Camp Orlando. I think we talked about it. We talked Woo-hoo, about it. Did yeah. we talk about it today? No? No, y'all ain't talk about Camp Orlando? No, I don't think. Am I, I misremember. I'm misremembering today. Um, has yeah. anybody been to Camp Orlando before? Some? We so actually, many people. We actually have a photo from, this is from a few years ago, like pre-COVID, but here's Camp Orlando. Oh, uh, there was yeah. a, here, so here's a picture, not of Camp Orlando. Here's a picture of all the table people serving at Camp wow. Orlando. Amazing. So if you're like, man, that looks really fun. Yes, it's fun. It's a blast. And this photo seems like, hey, we're a table community together. And one of the things that we love doing as a table community together is we know it's not about us. It's about serving. So Camp Orlando is Friday, July 22nd through Tuesday, July 26th, which is completely free to you. If you want a free vacation, you want to serve at Camp Orlando because you'll get meals paid for, housing provided for, as well as it's just a really fun way to be able to serve in our student ministry, to serve middle schoolers and serve high schoolers. And I heard a rumor that we're being led some in musical worship by Jarian. Yeah, yeah, come I'll be on. there, y'all. Yeah. Woo! Hey, man, y'all come help me with these kids, man. Don't leave me with these kids. Uh, come on, table. Come through, man. At least, let, yeah. Y'all know what it is. So if you enjoy that, I mean, our staff team will be there. I know many of us will be there as well, but I would love for you to consider um, serving and leading a group of students there at Camp Orlando. But man, it's been such a fun night. I would love for us just to stand. Let me just pray for us um, as we wrap up our time together tonight. Uh, Father, we love you. We thank you so much for you and providing for our life. God, we're so grateful for the, your God that provides help to us, God, and that we can depend on you and then we get to participate in your help for our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week.